Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Today we have a great revenge story teaching somebody not to mess with the poor kids. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, final update to little sister keeps calling me a parasitic leech. Enjoy the Amish lifestyle. This is the final update to the original and follow-up post. Background. My sister and I live in an anti-tech household. I bought her a smartphone since our parents wouldn't. I moved out but had to move back in because of soaring rents. My little sister kept calling me a parasitic leech for doing so. In retaliation, I took back the smartphone, which was under a payment plan in my name. I was going to give her back the phone a few weeks later, but she yelled, freaking what, runt, right after I knocked on her door to give her back the smartphone. I then changed my mind and told her that I was going to give you back the smartphone, but it seems like you want to be left alone. Final update on Christmas morning. After my last standoff with my little sister, where a smartphone had become a pawn in our game of household politics, I noticed her demeanor had shifted. She was less combative, perhaps a sign of an epiphany. However, I couldn't resist one final move. For Christmas, I bought my sister a new woolen beanie, but I also dug up another old smartphone from my drawer, a phone with a shattered screen and very poor battery life. I wrapped them up in a parcel and left it underneath the Christmas tree. Her initial excitement quickly fizzled as she seen the phone's condition. Later that afternoon, she confronted me, not with anger, but with a calm respect. She said she was grateful for the smartphone, despite its flaws, and that she loved the beanie. In light of all this, I ordered her a new battery for the smartphone. Old smartphones with replaceable batteries for the win. Unfortunately for her though, she'll have to deal with the cracked screen until she saves up enough money for a new phone. Luckily, she got a job at her friend's pizza joint and can save up for it. So, I guess my question is, what happens of the original smartphone now? Because if OP gave their sibling their old cracked smartphone, that means there's still a confiscated smartphone, right? And now she has to work for a new one? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, Dad annoys me even after dead. Dad died this Christmas. Me and my siblings cried a bunch, had to deal with all the friends and family that he helped while alive, and at the end, it was beautiful and painful. That said, he had told us before that if he died, everything we would need was on his safe. Quick flashback, circa of 7 years ago, I lived with him and contributed for a Kickstarter project to a male artistic nude magazine. I'm a gay boy. I never got it even as they sent it to me twice and had the documentation to show that. I was sure my father picked it up and we fought a bunch of times because of it while he said he never saw this package that honestly I was sure he threw away. Back to the present, that freaking jerk left the magazine still wrapped up on the safe with all the other stuff that's actually important. I am so freaking ticked, but at the same time can't help but respect that move because that was petty as freak and honestly makes me kind of proud. Just a bit, still mostly ticked. I really want to get my revenge, but he threw the punch and left. 
We never had a really good relationship. Most of the time we were on some personal war, but I will miss this idiot a lot. Thinking of going to pee on his grave later? Thanks for listening, guys. I don't know if I've just never had a relationship similar to the one OP had with their father, but the whole thing is striking me as unique, I'll say. Our next story is, don't upset somebody who has a security camera. Petty for me, not petty for the idiot next door or the idiot wife. Although I live in a decent condo community, every once in a while a bad apple moves in. In my case, a decent couple leased the condo next door, then her sister, the idiot wife, and her husband, the idiot, moved in, which seemed tricky as it was a small two-bedroom place. Eventually, the original couple moves out, leaving only the idiot and the idiot's wife. They had frequent discussions. I would call them screaming matches, but once when I inquired if everything was okay, I was told in no uncertain terms that sometimes couples have discussions, they are not arguments. Fine. Good for them. One morning I awoke to a discussion where the idiot's wife screamed, if you do X I'll shoot you. After reporting that to the landlord, all of this was reported to the landlord as it happened, I stopped at Best Buy and bought cameras to watch outside. A while later, their discussion started around midnight Saturday night and continued until 4 to 4.30 a.m. The discussion included a door being slammed or a fist slash foot going through a wall. I couldn't sleep so I went downstairs to watch TV. The discussion made its way downstairs to the kitchen where more carnage was heard. On the video camera, I saw the idiot carry something to the dumpster. Looked like it could have been a microwave. I did manage to get a couple hours sleep before breakfast, but then as I was eating I heard a brouhaha outside. Checking the camera again, I saw the idiot and the idiot's wife yelling at a neighbor across the way. At one point he said, it's not over, you aren't safe, your kids aren't safe. Threatening kids, the magic words. The police showed up five minutes later. The neighbor who the idiot screamed at spoke to the police, but when they knocked on the idiot and the idiot wife's door, the idiot's wife lied and said he wasn't there. Later that day, I was reviewing the footage from before the screaming match and saw that the idiot had stormed out of his place, went across the parking lot and pounded on one door, then went up to the neighbor he had screamed at. She had been gardening and had a long-handled spade in her hands when he approached her. She was smart. Rather than putting down the shovel, she put it across her shoulder. It looked like some words were said and then he threw something at her. She then chucked the spade at him. Fortunately, it missed. That's when he hightailed it back to his side of the street and the screaming started. Now, for revenge, after seeing he did more than verbally threaten her, I took a copy of the video and went to the local police station. The desk sergeant asked me what I saw, and I described what the video showed. The sergeant stated that what I said matched what the victim, neighbor across the way, said happened, and after seeing the video said, I think the DA can use this. The police did indeed use the video to arrest and prosecute the idiot for assault. Honestly, I hope that this guy does get these charges pressed against him. I've heard about some horrible stories of neighbors who fought and things going way too far. Our next story is, take over my Pokemon Go gym, I'll make sure you don't benefit from it. I play Pokemon Go when I go for my morning walk. Now, for those of you who don't know about Pokemon Go, it's a game where you walk around in real life catching Pokemon and battling in gyms in the game. Each player belongs to a team, blue, red, or yellow. My main account is blue, but I have alt accounts in red and yellow. 
Once you defeat a gym, you can put your Pokemon in there to defend it. And five other players from your team can put Pokemon in there too for a max. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Maximum of six Pokemon defending the gym. Your Pokemon earn coins while in the gym, which you can spend in-game. Your Pokemon can only earn a maximum of 50 coins, which you can get after eight and a half hours. One coin for every 10 minutes. After that, it doesn't matter. Eight and a half hours or eight and a half days, you only get 50 coins. And that is when your Pokemon is knocked out of the gym. I like to be nice, so I generally only attack gyms where the Pokemon have been there for more than eight and a half hours. Otherwise, I leave it alone so the other players can get the full amount of coins. Today, I found a 10 hour old yellow gym. I defeated it and put my blue team Pokemon in there. Within a minute, it was being attacked. I defended for a while, but then gave up. My Pokemon was kicked out and a red team Pokemon was put in. Instead of attacking it, I waited. Other red team members came and put their Pokemon in. I have nothing against them. Once the gym was full, I attacked and kicked out the jerk's Pokemon, leaving the other five. I switched to my alt red account and quickly put in my Pokemon, filling the empty slot. If the jerk wants his Pokemon back in there, you'll have to kick out a red player's Pokemon. And you cannot attack someone on your own team. So basically, this guy that they were doing battle with got kicked out and replaced with somebody that they literally cannot duke it out with. I'll tell you what, it's definitely petty, and it's definitely a revenge. Our next story is, don't want to be a decent father? Fine, I'll be it. 
I'm not sure if this is totally revenge, but my sister has five kids in total. One father isn't in the picture for reasons I'm not willing to go into. The other two are. Jack was the one she was recently with and they have three kids together. I liked Jack at first, but as time went on, I found him kind of obnoxious. You know those guys who act big and tough? Fake machismo BS? If I was there, I would have knocked him out. He'd be laid out flat. Words he's actually said to me. I noticed he's kind of a crap parent. You've got to have patience and actually pay attention to them. The last year of their relationship was on the rocks because of the parenting. My sister is the definition of authoritative parenting. Gentle, but he just started doing less and less. He let his anger get in control of his emotions. He's too harsh with the kids. In particular, his oldest who's on the spectrum. He doesn't care how to learn to actually parent her to her needs. To make things worse, he started calling my sister awful things during fights and then during little spiffs or disagreements. If it's coming out that easily, where is the love you claim to have? My sister was worried she's recreating the environment for her kids that we grew up in. I was of course supportive of her leaving, but I knew it was tough since she was pregnant with their third. Well, about a month and a half before she had her baby, she uses his phone to order food and a message pops up. She finds out that he'd been attempting to cheat on her with pretty much any woman he came across. I think the funniest thing she said out of all of this heartbreaking mess was the embarrassment that he was actively trying to cheat and none of these women or 18-year-old girls wanted him. She kicked him out and good riddance, I say. The other father of her older girl is also a mess. John is a complicated person. I've given him a lot of grace and I do hope he eventually becomes a better man. Dude is extremely funny and I think there is a good person in there. I know he's got demons to deal with. He's gotta stop lying and step up to the dang plate. I've referred to the both of them as Disney dads. They want the shiny good parts of fatherhood without the hard work. My sister bent over backwards to make this Christmas happen. Honestly no thanks to either of them, they were no-shows for a lot. There were several days where Jack was supposed to watch his kids so my sister could get shopping done and he just ghosted her. I had to come over after work to watch them. For at least a year, my sister's been telling them that the kids need bunk beds. Badly. They'll look and then nothing happens. They'll say they're buying them. Nothing shows up. I'm over it and I'm ticked. You say you're buying a TV my sister has already told you the kids don't need? Oh, you're getting niece an iPad, okay. They want to buy the big shiny gifts that get those big beautiful sweet smiles, so for a modicum of a second, you don't actually feel the weight of how freaking terrible of a father you are? Hmm, okay. The last present those babies opened were new twin-sized blankets for me and my honey. Soft, comfy, and had a nice decent weight to them. They were excited for the new blankets and wanted them opened immediately. I told them I'm glad they love the new blankets because they're gonna go great with the bunk beds uncle and I are buying you. Cue absolutely mania and excitement. The faces on Jack and John were worth it. Just frozen in a, what the, look. I hope they felt like crap because I know it's something my sister has talked about, asked for repeatedly. And honestly, the kids were and are so excited about the beds. They could have had this. They could feel like the men who provide like they tell my sister they want to be. I feel blessed that I'm in a more stable environment and career where I can do this now. She's still getting on her feet, but my sister is kicking butt and I love her. Merry Christmas, sweetie. 100% it's sad that OP is stepping up and being more of a father figure to these kids than their actual fathers are. But I imagine it does feel pretty good and rewarding for OP, and seeing the kids so darn excited, I'm sure that's great. Our next story is, 
It's the little things, bully neighbor. I lived in the upstairs unit of a two-condo, converted house nearly 20 years ago. Had a great neighbor below me, but then she moved out and a horrible man moved in. The first thing he did was leave a note that the garbage can I'd just moved back from the street was his and claimed that he had moved it. I ignored it because, what the freak, but his anger increased with another note saying I'd better not use his garbage can and to move the other one back now. He put the note on his trash can and moved it to the middle of the walkway so I couldn't miss it. I did what he wanted because I was pretty unnerved by that point and thought it would end the bizarre exchange. No such luck. It happened again, but then he was yelling in my face instead of leaving notes. He was a big guy and scared me enough to give in. After that, I went to stay with my boyfriend for a while. Before I left, I decided on some petty revenge. I set my alarm for 4am, turned the volume all the way up and set it on the floor of my bedroom. It was an old radio alarm that stayed on for an hour after the set time. I wasn't sure if he'd be able to hear it since I'd never heard either neighbor. I wasn't even sure if his bedroom was below mine. To be honest, I figured it probably wasn't going to work and forgot about it a few months until my boyfriend and I decided to make the move permanent. I went over there to start packing and found his outraged voice messages. He didn't know my phone number, so he had to contact the owner. There were no messages a few weeks prior, so it took that long for him to get my number. He must have pounded on my door many, many times before the owner finally gave him my number. She only had my landline, so he had to wait until I was there to get the messages. Although it would be nice to know in real time that you were actually annoying this guy and upsetting them. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. It is kind of cool to like go back to this place and find out you've been actually for a month or even multiple months been enacting this revenge for quite some time without even you being truly aware of it working. Our next story is don't let my fiance sleep, then you don't get to sleep either. So my fiancé, 25-year-old male, and his mom, who we'll call Jolene, 61-year-old female, are on different schedules for work. My fiancé works 10-hour shifts 5 days a week from 3pm to 1am, sometimes even later, and Jolene works part-time 2 days a week from 9am to 3pm, because she recently had a knee replacement. So my fiancé always seems to get woken up by her at 7am in the morning because she wants to see him and let him know what's happening that day and is just loud in general in the morning and completely disregards the fact that he probably didn't get home until 2am. So in return, whenever my fiancé comes home at 2am, he goes into her room to wake her up and tell her all about his day and work and bother her and just be a nuisance to her and interrupt her sleep like she does to him. She still hasn't caught on yet to what we're doing, so there might be a part two of the result of us stepping it up a notch. And what happens? The worst part is OP finding out that their attempted revenge doesn't work at all, that in some twist of fate they actually enjoy getting their sleep interrupted and getting this drop in from OP's fiance. 
Are you prepared for that reality? Our next story is, don't like my rapping? Fine then, no one gets bows this year. My 30-year-old female, husband, 35, had four sisters, three older and one younger, though I don't know exact ages. We don't have children, but we do have nearly 10 nieces and nephews, all ranging in ages from infant to high schooler. Since we don't have kids, we try and spoil our nieces and nephews when we can for birthdays and Christmas while keeping things equal so no one feels left out. For instance, this year we spent a little over $50 a kid and they all got two presents, except the high schooler who we spoiled a little more since she's older. I wrap all my presents in candy cane wrapping paper if I can, so that everyone knows who it's from at a glance. But the other things I use for wrapping, like bows and labels, are arbitrary. The kids are going to rip the presents open and barely look at the bows and labels, so why should I care which I use as long as the wrapping looks presentable? I also tend to buy bulk when I buy wrapping supplies, so that I don't have to buy more bows and paper every single year. Yes, this matters. Last year I was low on bows, so I bought a couple of bags from Costco when I got my paper. The Costco bows were apparently better and prettier than the ones I already had, which were from Dollar Tree. The only reason I know this is because last year I overheard two of my sister-in-laws complaining that I used the good bows on these other sisters' kids and not theirs. As if my bow and label choices showed favoritism, they even gave me the cold shoulder the night after presents were opened. I was annoyed at this because of how much we spoil our nieces and nephews. I would understand if we spent more on one kid than another, or if one kid got more presents than another, but that's not what happened. We made sure everyone was equal and even got them gifts too. $50 gift cards, even though they didn't get us anything. I don't expect gifts from them or anything, but it just seemed incredibly ungrateful to me and a stupid thing to get upset about. Even my husband agreed that they were being ridiculous. So this year, I'm being petty. I wrapped all the presents, went out of my way to use the same size labels for all the kids, and no one got bows. My husband thinks this is hilarious. I warned my mother-in-law of my pettiness and she promised to let me know if she heard anyone complain. She also thinks this is hilarious. I'm excited to see how things unfold or, shall I say, unwrap tomorrow evening. Happy holidays everyone, may all of your days be chill and your revenge be petty. Update. Presents have not been unwrapped yet, but the aftermath is already there. I didn't expect to have an update at all, so here we go. So apparently one of my younger nephews, who might have some form of autism, was sad that he didn't get any bows. He knew they were my presents from the candy cane paper and asked me where my bows were. Apparently I usually give him two bows. I've literally never noticed that I do this. Like I said, stuff is arbitrary to me. And he asked why he didn't get any bows this year. I played it off and told him that I forgot to buy bows till too late this year and assured him that next year he'll get five bows to make up for it. He was happy with this, but I noticed my sister-in-law's exchange looks. My mother-in-law asked what we should tell them if they say something and I told her to explain that I didn't want anyone feeling like I was favoring anyone. Unsure if any other nieces and nephews will say anything, as not all of them have arrived, so we'll see. Update 2. With presents opened and dinner cooking, I bring you all the epic conclusion. For one, my mother-in-law told my sister-in-laws why no one got bows, and while they didn't say anything to me, they have had a look all day of children scolded by their mama. However, I have found the cause of all of this. 
Well, other than old sibling rivalry causing the sister-in-laws to live vicariously through their kids, essentially they took me not giving good bows to their kids personally, but the real cause of all of this is that apparently, for the past few years among all the kids, they've had a little contest of who gets the most bows. I don't know what the winner got, but they took this very seriously according to the high schooler. Apparently last year, the sister-in-laws heard the kids talking about bows, and that's how the whole good and bad bow drama started. The kids were having the contest, not the adults. It also turns out that my arbitrary rapping practices were usually the tiebreaker among them. I told the kids that next year, I will roll a dice to determine who gets how many bows, and that I won't forget again. All's well that ends well, and I hope you guys all have a great day. It's so sad to hear that this in thing that kids are doing amongst themselves that's actually harmless and kind of wholesome turns into this whole like greater thing where they take it as some kind of perceived slight. Sorry the bows weren't pretty enough for you Karen. Our next story is steal my parking spot? Okay. I forgot how much I hate being back in the Philly mainline but yeah. Drove to an REI to get some final gifts for people. Parking lot is a riot. I drive around in circles for 5 minutes till I see a couple walking out. I follow them, put on the blinkers and wait for them to pull out. Just as they finish pulling out, a woman driving a Range Rover flies into the spot from the other direction. She saw me waiting when she slowed down at the end of the aisle. I'm facing towards that end. She was surveying the situation and quickly turned in to snag it. She sped in so fast that she wasn't able to swing wide and make it into the spot on the first try. She stops to put it in reverse and I toot the horn. She ignores me. I lay on the horn. She looks at me with a smirk and then gives the what angry scowl shrug like the meme. (sighs) Fine. Now, she's terrible at driving and fails to give herself room to exit on this record attempt. And I see this, accelerate till I'm behind her. She's blocked and honks. I wait a while for the next persons to get to their car. She's laying on the horn. I can make eye contact with her in the rear view. I smirk. After they pull out and I park, she pulls out a last time, corrects it and finally parks and gets out while I'm walking past. She yells something at me. I look at her, smirk and give the what? Angry face shrug. Wished her happy holidays and saluted. I'm sorry ma'am, I don't understand what you're being so belligerent about. Honestly, nothing can ruin my day, I hope yours gets better. Our next story is, don't mess with the poor kids. Not my story, but my brother's. Still one of the reasons I look up to him to this day. Picture it. The early 80s in a less than small rural farming community. Like a one stoplight town situation. The better, well-off ran everything from the businesses to the schools. We were not exactly rich and were treated as such. I had five siblings and the teachers in the schools treated us like crap. Our parents were neither rich nor popular. My brother was the oldest and he had a particular high school teacher that lived to give my brother crap. To the point that every day in school, my brother was instructed to take the teacher's cup and go fetch him some cold water. The teacher always made a big show about making my brother do it. Little did he know that my brother was more than happy to get him his fresh cold water every day. From the bathroom toilet. That jerk drank toilet water all the way through my brother's junior and senior year. I still smile when I think about it. Well, that's certainly pretty grody to hear about. The only thing that could make it any better, though, was like letting them know at like graduation day or something. At some point where it's too far gone to ever even be an issue. This next story is, Big Brother learned not to mess with me, for a little while at least. 
I grew up on a farm with my brother and sister. When I was about 5 years old, my brother was 12, I had a doll named Mimi and she was everything to me. My brother decided it would be hilarious to bury her somewhere on the farm while following me around, looking at his watch saying things like, you better hurry, she doesn't have much air left, she's been buried for 4 minutes, she's going to die. I finally found her in a hole under a pile of rocks. I was crying, he was laughing, I started planning. He went to visit my aunt and uncle with my dad for the rest of the afternoon. I went outside. He had gotten an ATV four-wheeler that was his pride and joy. I took a five-gallon bucket and load by load, I took buckets of dirt over and I buried it. I didn't say a word to anyone. We went to bed that night, got up in the morning and we were going into town. That's when he saw it. The mound of dirt next to the back porch where his four-wheeler used to be. He sucked a breath to start yelling at me. My dad, who knew what he'd done to Mimi, whirled around in the driver's seat and pointed at him saying, Don't you dare say one word. I've been a mama bear since I was a toddler. I can't lie, I mean, even if they saw eye for an eye in this situation, considering it's an ATV that surely did not cost them an insignificant amount of money, I'm surprised they let OP get away with it to that degree. Our next story is, if you won't eat the meal, you don't deserve the dessert. Background, my roommate is a really good cook. I grew up on a super bland food, so it really doesn't take much to impress me, and they make fun of me for it often. I'm super lazy, and before they moved in, ate mostly stuff I could microwave because I'm too lazy to cook, and I have serious issues with doing dishes. They used to cook two to three times a week, sometimes more, sometimes less. They've been here about 9 months and I've actually cooked a meal about 5 times. They had some of my first meal and didn't even try any of them after that, even though each one was completely different from the last. I've made baked goods a handful of times and they usually eat a large portion of that. I like to make Cornish hens for Christmas dinner. Been doing it on and off for about 10 years. I've gotten pretty good. Before I even got the stuff I asked if they would eat it. They said maybe they might not even be here for Christmas. Today, I told them to tell me if they were heading to be hungry in the afternoon so I could start earlier. They said they are always hungry, which is kinda true, jerk is almost always eating when they should be as big as a house, but aren't. About halfway through cooking, they came in for a snack and ate some chips. I said it's only about 20 more minutes, are you going to eat it? They got an attitude and said yes, and that they're definitely going to have some of the cobbler I'd made earlier in the day. Literally 5 minutes before it's ready, they come in and start toasting bread and butter. I'm like, dude, it's gonna be ready in 5 minutes, do you plan on eating this? Because if not, I can invite another friend over. They got an even bigger attitude, all freak yes, I'm going to eat, chill out, murmur murmur. I'm like, alright, everything gets done, I played up my portion, knock on their door to let them know it's finished. I was already out of the kitchen but heard them plating up and then go back to their room. When I get done, I go back to the kitchen, and this freaker had taken one Cornish hen leg. Not enough green beans for me to notice any difference, and not enough roasted red potatoes for there to really be any difference in what I left either. I was ticked. They took just enough so that they didn't lie about saying they were going to eat it, but didn't actually eat it. If they had just said that they weren't going to eat from the beginning, I could have had someone else come and enjoy it with me because I know they have a history of not eating my cooking, only my baked goods. So, knowing they were going to come looking for the cobbler, I hide that crap. We have a beverage fridge in the garage, there aren't and haven't been any drinks in it a few weeks, and they don't really go out there now that it's cold, so I stuck the whole dish in there. 
Sure enough, about 30 to 45 minutes later, they come out to the kitchen. I hear them clean their plate and then start opening stuff, looking for the cobbler. They were all, man, is all the cobbler gone? I said, you didn't eat the meal. You don't deserve the dessert. They were expectedly ticked, saying that was ridiculous. I told them if they had just said they weren't going to eat it so I could invite someone over, it wouldn't have been an issue. And they've been in their room throwing a fit since. I'll eat the cobbler and the leftovers for the next few days while I fully expect them to be a vindictive butt for at least two days. But it felt amazing taking away that from them when they couldn't be a decent human being for once. I mean, to be fair, if they're signing up and saying, yes, I'm going to eat this food and you labor over it and you try to make as best as you can, and then they have like one very, very small section or a bite of it, you're going to feel pretty slighted, right? And then the fact that they're going to just try to dive into the dessert you made, like just trying to ignore the fact that they tiptoed completely around the actual food you labored the most over. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.